And yet, as in the life and teaching of Jesus, the wisdom of God in Scripture cannot be refuted. It is perfect wisdom. The Word of God we possess is flawless and worthy of all our trust. You're listening to Passion Week, a devotional podcast from the Calvary Cast, a ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. These podcasts serve as daily devotionals, walking you through the events of Passion Week, the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection from the dead. Tuesday, March 31st, 33 AD. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you curse has withered. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, what if you ask in prayer? Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say, From heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say, From men? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to the tenants and went to another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And then he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. They were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one, and he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, 
Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And Sadducees came to him who say, There is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring. And the third likewise, and the seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as wife. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all your heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And in his teaching he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like readings in the marketplaces and of the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, This poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, 
See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing we hear ought not to be, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, nor enter his house, to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all these things beforehand. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heavens. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. A Tuesday of the Passion Week must have been exhausting for Jesus. For one, it was a day filled with teaching. He was teaching in the temple area, and we also believe Tuesday was the day Jesus delivered his well-known Olivet Discourse. This is where Jesus prophesies about the future, 
what will happen in the immediate future concerning Jerusalem and his disciples, but also Jesus lays out expectations for the disciples for the inter-Advent age. The disciples at that point had no conception of a multi-thousand-year inter-Advent age before Jesus assumes the throne. He explains to them that it would be a time of gospel proclamation among the nations, accompanied by hostility and persecution from men. The way they saw the world treat Jesus should be the way they expect to be treated by the world. But I also believe it must have been an exhausting day for Jesus because of all the public opposition he experienced. On a number of occasions, the religious leaders or those assigned by them approached and confronted Jesus. They questioned him on his authority and tried a number of times to trip him up in his words. Of course, Jesus was able to demonstrate his perfectly flawless wisdom, so much so that they gave up trying. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, that in him all are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And you know, people still do this today. They cannot confront Jesus and try to refute the incarnate word of God because Jesus is not physically here, but people are always trying to trip up the written word of God. And yet, as in the life and teaching of Jesus, the wisdom of God in Scripture cannot be refuted. It is perfect wisdom. The word of God we possess is flawless and worthy of all our trust. The psalmist put it so elegantly, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In the gospel accounts of this Tuesday when Jesus is being questioned, we see that coming to pass in the life and teaching of Jesus. How do you view God's word? For Jesus' disciples, they believed in Jesus and therefore hung on to every word that proceeded from his mouth. They believed it all and they saw and found the perfect wisdom he presented. Do you humbly approach the written word in the same way, believing it to be true and finding the wisdom it contains? You see, the wisdom of the world is faulty and flawed, but the wisdom that comes from God, Jesus himself and his written word are filled with wisdom, wisdom available to all who come to him in faith. And it all culminates in the wisdom that God displayed through Jesus on the cross. That very week of Jesus' life, the Friday of that week as Jesus is on the cross, God's wisdom is being displayed. Paul put it this way, The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. We must embrace the wisdom of God's word. And in Passion Week, Jesus displayed God's perfect wisdom in all his teaching and confrontations. And God displayed his perfect wisdom in and through the cross of Christ. The Calvary Cast is a ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Visit calvarybiblechurchgj.org for more information about Calvary. 
The Calvary Cast is produced and edited by Graham Parker. Narrators for this episode are Aiden Thomas, Wyatt Miller, and Graham Parker. Devotional by Jess Miller. You can subscribe to The Calvary Cast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.